Good evening. Hope all of you are doing uh, tremendously well. A little scheduling update. This coming Monday, I will be in Cincinnati, Ohio. I will not be available at the right time. Uh, I'll be in the middle of teaching or doing something at that time, hopefully doing something reasonable. I don't even know yet. Um, and I will uh, pre-record and post so that uh, we'll have uh, DAF that day at least recorded. Uh, Baruch Hashem, it's been a long stretch. I, I think the last DAF I missed was a Masecha Shabbos. Hashem mm. We just passed 650 blot. So it's been a long time. Uh, and uh, I thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the strength and wellness to be able to give DAF Yomi every night. I've said this many times, especially on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur when I'm standing up there for some strange reason and trying to find the right words or Hashem. Uh, so that's what we're going to do on Monday is to pre-record uh, or we could do an early morning shir, taco. Yeah. That's possible, but I think I have a bris at nine that morning. So I have to see if all of that will work out after the 6.30 might work. I'll let you know. We are starting. Where are we starting? Uh, we're starting toward the bottom of Chesmet Bay's about five, six lines from the bottom. And yesterday in the last brisa that we had learned, Hi, Dad. We were learning about um, how to understand one of the psukim about Yovel. And in fact, we're going to be spending a fair chunk of time today learning about Yovel with one very important interruption. And that is the sugya of Tosefes Yom Tov, Tosefes Yom Kippur, and Tosefes Shabbos. We've already learned this sugya a couple of times, once, certainly maybe twice in Shas. But, uh, we'll learn it again tonight uh, in a very clear and articulated way. But right now, and, and certainly on the, the bookends of this year today, will be about psukim in regards to Yovel. So yesterday... Uh, I left off with the note of what, what is the sheet of the Rabbanon? Because in the Brisa that began at the first very long line, we had said, what does the Pasuk teach us? And the Rabbanon had a sheet that, that when it comes to a year, people have to actually say the words. However, he says, the Rabbanon say, now we're going to see again another Brisa tearing apart the Psukim as it relates to the world of Yovel. And then again, the Rabbanon, uh, they don't learn the same drasha. And the reason why they don't learn the same drasha is because the Rabbanim were of the opinion that Yovel actually starts on Yom Kippur. It actually starts on the 10th uh, with the Tzkiah Shofar on that day, B'yom HaKippurim, it was on that very day. So the first 10 days were not necessarily, they were not Shemitah or Yovel, whatever the year was. So Tanya, five lines from the bottom, now four lines from the bottom. Tanya Idach, the Brisa says Yovel He. We have the words Yovel He twice. So Matt Talmud Omar, why do we have those words twice? And Lefisha Nemar, because the Pasuk says Vikidashtem, Vikidashtem? Thank you. The Kiddashim is not as Hamishim. They were supposed to sanctify the 50th year. Yachol, maybe I would say, just like it's true that according to the Shita that we learned in the name of Rishma Benosh of Yochanan Ben Broka, that really. Yovel starts at Rosh Hashanah, and those first 10 days without the Tzkiah are still Rosh Hashanah. We'll see a machlokis in the Tanaim about, even on top of all of that, there's another layer that we have to consider in regards to starting Yovel. Kach, <clears throat> maybe we should assume it's Kadeshes Veholeches Besofa. Ah, fascinating. Maybe Yovel doesn't end until Yom Kippur. Right. If you're saying that Yovel doesn't start until Yom Kippur, so maybe the year of Yom Kippur goes from Yom Kippur of Tavshin Pei Beis 
well, Tavshin Pei Gimel in the argument, to the Yom Kippur of Tavshin Pei Dalit. And it's not an Aleph Tishrei Din. It's, an, it's a Yud Tishrei Din. That's very a very strong possibility. Don't say that this is unreasonable. Don't question this possibility that we would add at the other end until the 10th of Tishrei because Sharei Mosif and Mechol Al Kodesh all the time. We always add Mosif and Mechol Al Kodesh. We have Tosefes Yom Kippur, and that's according to some of Dindo Raisa. We'll see the Pesukim for that today. Talmud Lomar, in order to make sure that we know that we do not extend Yom Kippur past Aleph Tishrei, Talmud Lomar, Yovel Hi, Shnasa Chamishim, Shnasa Chamishim Atomekadesh, that is the year of Yovel, only the 50th year, the Atomekadesh, Shnasa Chamishim, the Achas, but we are not, however, going to sanctify that year as Yovel, which means that once we reach Aleph Tishrei of that following year at the close of that 50th year of the year of Yovel, we are back to working the ground. We are back to things that were on year 48. Again, everything that's not a Yovel year. I, what about the Rabbanon? The Rabbanon who say that, who don't hold of this because they say that they do hold that it's a Yom Kippur din, that Yovel only starts at that time. So what do they do with the Pasuk? So the Rabbanon, uh, and that's what Rashi says at the top because uh, Rashi really helps to make this uh, very smooth. I should say it makes it much smoother. Rashi says, Verabanon at the top, Rashi on Testament, so they don't need that pasta because they hold differently than Rabbi Shmobanosh of Yochan and Ben Baroka back in the Gemara. So then, how do we learn? It says the Gemara, What does this mean? What this means is as follows Here's how it works we have seven cycles of seven, and then there's the 50th year. Is the 50th year year one of the next seven years for Shemitah, or is it year zero? So that's what we're talking about. The Nafkamina would be six years. What would happen in year 56 or year 57? Would we say that year 57 would be a Shemitah year? Or no, it's really 58. How do we look at it? That's really what, what's happening here. So what are the Rabbanans saying? What they're saying is a drasha. They're saying, we count the 50th year as year one of the new Shemitah cycle. So year 50 is year one, and year 51 is year two v'chule, and then Shemitah is regular, year 57. We don't start our count with 51, in which case Shemitah would be 58. La Fuke, this uh, goes against the Shemitah, the Rabbi Huda, the Amar. He says, it's double tapped. It's used as a year for uh, Yovel, and it's also... Uh, it's also going to, it's going to count in both directions, in which case that would change our numbers. It would be, uh, it would not be considered year one. And then Kamash Malandilo, that uh, the Rabbanan don't hold of that. And that's why they use the drasha. Now let's get into the sugya of Tosefes Yom Tov, Tosefes Shabbos. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, on Testament Aleph, four lines down. This Amud will go uh, pretty quickly. How do we know that we add Mechol al Kodesh says the Gemara Detanya Becharishu Vakatsir Tishbos that the halacha is that when it comes to Ishna Shmita, that uh, you're supposed to rest in regards to Choresh and in regards to Katsira. But that's a problem, says the Gemara. That can't be a din in Shabbos because on Shabbos we don't need to separate out Choresh and Kotsir. There's 39 malachos. We know what they are. Why would the Torah ever specify that? So Rabbi Akiva Omer, how does Rabbi Akiva learn, these, learn this Pasuk? Rabbi Akiva says, five lines down on Testament Aleph, he says, Omer, lomar charish shel shviz. I don't need you to teach me that. We know that it's usher to, uh, to plow the land during that year. Um, uh, we already know it's usher to plow the 
field during Shvius. Ella, what therefore must it be that the Torah is adding by adding Charish and Katsir? Charish shall Erev Shvius. That if one were to plow immediately before Shvius, before Shemitah, that would be Aser. Hanichnas the Shvius, as you're going into the first year, meaning we're going to add a little bit on the uh, going into Shemitah to say that a couple of hours before, even a couple of moments before, you're not allowed to do Harisha. The Katsir shall Shvius Hayotze Lemotze. Uh, and there too, that would also be us, or namely, there are a couple of minutes before and a couple of minutes after the year of Shemitah that one is not allowed to do Chorish or, or Koter. What does that show us? That we have a din of Tosefes, whatever, Tosefes Shemitah. All right, very good. So it says the Gemara, but that's only the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shmuel Amr, I disagree with you. This is not talking about that at all. That when we're talking about Chorish and Koter, the ones that are not allowed that are not allowed to be done on Shabbos are only the ones that are shel rishus, the ones that are not halachically required. Yatsa katsir ha-omer, that when one has to harvest the omer, so that is shehu mitzvah, Rashi highlights this explicitly, that maybe the case is that it is okay to, if it's the 16th of Nisan, or to prepare for the 16th of Nisan, that one can do kotzer on whatever is going to be part of the hakravas ha-omer. It's a very unique shita. It's not shocking. Today I had a conversation with a mother about bris milah, which we know is a trump card on Shabbos. But the Gemara says, and we learned this already in Perak Rabbalazar de Mila and Masecha Shabbos, that if it were to be the case that it was a Mila Shalob Bismana, not only are you not allowed to do it on Shabbos, but it's Mamish Yerchayv Skila Bide Bez and Yerchayv Karis Bide Shamayim. That's for sure in Isser Dara. So we don't allow everything on Shabbos. It's only under specified circumstances and a C-section babies, whatever. So here we see an exception to the rule as well. So what the Gemara is saying, that Yotza, Ktsir HaOmer, Shu Mitzvah, Sir Bishmol holds that that's what's going on with the Pasuk of Becharishu Bekatsir to teach us that in general they're not allowed, but if it's Shel Mitzvah, so then you're allowed to, you're allowed to do that on Shabbos. But what does Rabbi Shmuel not say? He doesn't learn the Drasha to say that this is where we learn Tosefes Shemitah from. So asks the Gemara, Shmuel, so that if he doesn't hold of the drasha like Rabbi Kiva did from the Pasuk, to say that that's where we learn Tosefes Yom Tov from, so Rabbi Shmuel needs to provide a marimako. So says the Gemara as follows. Nafkale, he learns this from, we're about halfway down on Testament Aleph, Midatanya. What does the Brysa say? A Brysa by Yom Kippur. The Brysa reads, It says you're supposed to uh, afflict yourself, afflict your soul on the ninth day. You might have thought that the affliction was taka on day nine. Talmud Lomar Ba'erev, it has to be on the night that follows day nine. If it is the case that you're saying that it's only at night, maybe we should assume that the Isser of Inui only begins once it's once it's dark out, once it's actually night, and there's no din of Tosefes. Talmud Lomar, Rabbi Shmuel would say, Betisha, that you have to start a little bit early. So the Gemara says that when it comes to Yom Kippur, this is quoted in Halachic Sfarim, that you need to add a little bit before. And this, and this is the Marim Mokom for Rabbi Shmuel. So now Rabbi Akiva uses... As his source for Tosefes Shviyas, or Tosefes anything when it comes to Yom Tov, he uses the Pasuk of Becharishu Vakotzir. However, Rabbi Shema learns it out from Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara, continuing in the Brisa, I only know that there's a mitzvah to be Mosif al HaKodesh, Mosif Kodesh al HaKol on the Knisa as we enter into Yom Kippur, the few minutes before. Brush your teeth, don't eat anything for just a few minutes. What about on the other side? And maybe this is why the Chachamim 
very challengingly put, uh, uh, being the Kadesh the Chodesh, going outside to say uh, Kiddush Levana, which is a very difficult mitzvah to perform for those who don't like fasting and for everybody else who's normal. It's a very hard mitzvah to perform. So there, maybe that's why for Tosefes, because then you're you're adding onto the Inu Yiminayin. How do we know? Talmud Omar, Me'erev That Hold on, just one second, that we know that Me'erev that even after Yom Kippur, there still is going to be an added time where you have Inui, and therefore Rabbi Shmuel would say that we know that there's Tosefes uh, Yom Kippur of Inui before and after the holiday. Yes, sir. You good? Sorry, I didn't mean to. I just wanted to finish that up. All right, fine. But Rabbi Shmuel, your Marimakom only includes Yom Kippur. Why doesn't the Gemara ask this question against the previous Shita, which is only about Shemitah? Good question. I don't know. Shabbosos minayin. How do we know about Shabbos? Talmud Lomar Tishpesu. That the Pasuk says Tishpesu. Yomim Tovim minayin. How do we know on Yantav? We're going to have Pesach coming up in a couple of months. So maybe more than a couple of months. How do we know that there's a din of Tosefes? So says the Gemara. What? 41 days till Pesach. Yeah, but there's no Isra Malacha on that day. That's not Yantav. There's no Isra Malacha. It says the Gemara, Talmud Lomar, Shabbat Chem. Shabbat Chem. The Pasuk says, Tish Pesu, Shabbat Chem. So the double language. So Tish Pesu teaches us that there's a din of Tosefes by Shabbos. And Shabbat Chem teaches us that there's a din of Tosefes of adding a little bit before and a little bit after by Yom Tov. Okay, said, how does this work? And then the Gemara lays down the gavel. This is this is the principle. Kol makom Anytime that there is a day in which there is a limitation on work, that you are not allowed to do everything, we have an, an absolute obligation to do so. Now, the problem the Gemara presents here is about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, if Rabbi Shmuel is going to use the Pasuk of to teach me um, all about Tosefes, uh, whatever, adding on to the Yom Tovs, all, all of the days that have a Shvus, so then what does Rabbi Akiva do with that Pasuk? And the Gemara answers with a well-known Gemara. The Gemara says, The Gemara says that we have a Marimakom for this, and that is the way that Rabbi Chia understands. The Pasuk says in Chumash that one is obligated to afflict their souls on, on the ninth day of Tishrei. Do we fast on day nine? No, we don't. We only fast on day 10. Ella says the Gemara, Lomar Lach, and this is quoted in Halacha. Anyone who eats and drinks on the ninth day, all of a sudden we become so firm. We have to make sure that we pound the food on Erev Yom Kippur on the whole day. There is a mitzvah del raisa to eat that day. That's uh, the pashtos of the way the Gemara presents because it seems to be in the form of a drasha. And the way that Rabbi Shmuel learned this, <coughs> learned these psukim was to teach us a din rice of Tosef as Shabbos. Maybe the way Rabbi Akiva learns the psukim, which is to teach us that one is obligated to eat on the ninth day of Tishrei, and therefore it's male alav akasiv. It's as though he fasted, which is really an interesting comparison. You're comparing a day of specifically eating and equating it to a day of specifically not eating. That requires some mental gymnastics to explain that. But nevertheless, that's how the Gemara explains why the Pasuk says, So that's famously what the Gemara says, is that eating on the ninth day, that is going to be one's obligation. Good. Says the Gemara at the top, we're going to go back into the Pesukim on Yovel. We had said already, Stam, there's a machlokas between Yishmael, Benosh, Rabbi Yochanan, Ben Baruch, and the Rabbanon as to whether or not 
the holiday, the year, I should say, of Yovel begins on Aleph Tishrei or with the Tekiah on the 10th of Tishrei. But in addition to that, there's another mitigating factor as to whether or not we start the holiday at that time. Tanu Rabban, on top of Testament base, Yovel he, uh, the Pasuk says Yovel he, how do we learn that Pasuk? And the Pasuk says that Yovel will start Afal Shamto, even though you didn't leave the field, the holiday starts, whether or not you like it, it's the clock has ticked. Afal Taku, even though uh, there was no Tkia, meaning even though it's prior to the 10th to the of, of the holiday. Maybe it should be the case that even without shlichus, without sending, sending what? Take a look at Rashi to our left, about 12 lines down or so. And Rashi, Dibur Hamaschil, that even though, because we know that the Avadim get to go home. So the Gemara says here that in the name of, uh, of this Brisa, that maybe we would say that the Yovel starts, even if the Avadim haven't been sent home. Talmud Lomar He. The Pasuk says the word he, which teaches us that the uh, it's an unbelievable idea. Yovel doesn't start until the Avadim are sent home. That's a serious holdup. Think about that. You're not going to violate the Isra of working the land in a year of Yovel if you have yet to send the Avadim. So if you need 10 more minutes, what do you do? You just hold on. I got, we got a little bit of work to do before you go home. So I don't know what the practical side of it is, but certainly it seems, uh, the Rabbi Huda was of the opinion that Yovel doesn't start until that time, until the shlichus of the Avadim uh, has taken place. It's great ideas. When does Yovel start? Oh gosh, what a difficult question. Are you talking about Aleph Tishrei and are you talking about Yud Tishrei? Oh, by the way, did they send home the Avadim yet? And now let's see yet another shita. We'll see three shitas on this Ahmed about how to understand this. Four lines down, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Yovel he. What does the Pasuk mean when it says Yovel he? So it says the Gemara, Afal Shalom Shamto. That's the same line that we saw by Rabbi Yossi, that even if you don't stop working the fields, the din will stick in, uh, the din will kick in. And here it says the Gemara, different than the previous shita, Afal Shalom Shalcho. Even though you didn't send the Avodim, Yovel is still going to kick in. Yochol Afal Shalom Taku, Talmud Lomar he. Rabbi Yehuda was of the, Rabbi Yossi, excuse me, was of the opinion that you need shofar to start. So here's the machlokas, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that Yovel doesn't start till you send the Avadim home. And the machlokas says, Rabbi Yossi says, that's not true. You send the Avadim home or don't, Yovel is going to start, but we need shofar. Oh, so says the Gemara as follows. We have multiple elements of the Pesukim. Some are inclusive and some are exclusive. Says the Gemara, as though Rabbi Yossi is talking, Why is it that I argue with Rabbi Huda and say that Yovel will start even if I didn't send the Avadim away? But Yovel will not start unless Tkiah Shofar was done. So says the Gemara, two answers. Because it's not a... Okay, so the Avadim come, the Avadim don't come. What does that have to do with Yovel? However, that's... That's kind of more of like a halachic line in the sand. It's kiyash over the avadim. It's just not integral. Not only that, says the Gemara, the shofar, at least that's in the hands of Bezdin. They're going to blow shofar on the tent on, on Yom Kippur, and that's going to bring in the Yovel. The avadim, sending the avadim away, that's not Masura and Bezdin. That's a din in the, in the, in the Adon, in the master, in the Balabatim to send home to send home their avadim. So says the Gemara, why did you give me two answers to this, Rabbi Yossi? Why did you give me the answer of and then the answer of Masur Lebezin? 
So says the Gemara, because of the following possibility. You got the clever guy, he went to law school, he feels like he knows a lot, so he gives the following svara. Oh, hold on one second. Maybe you'll tell me that some guy in Yehupitzville in the middle of nowhere, oh, he's still holding on to his ebed. Sorry, Yovel doesn't kick in. Says the Gemara, that's not correct. That's not correct. We need a second answer to, to uh, respond to that litigious person who is being extremely nuanced in his approach. Now, says the Gemara as follows, one third of the way down. We've, give, we've, we've seen the Machlokas. We have Rabbi Yehuda, who says that Yovel doesn't start until the Avadim are sent home. And we have Rabbi Yossi, who says that Yovel doesn't start until the Kiyashofra. And then says the Gemara, Bishlamala Rabbi Yossi, Kedekoamar Taimi. The Brisa very explicitly taught us the Shita of Rabbi Yossi. What the Gemara doesn't do, what the Brisa doesn't do, is teach us the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Yehuda, my time. Why is it that Rabbi Yehuda says that the Yovel won't start until the Avadim are sent home? He says because that freedom is critical and integral to the Yovel beginning. Ma'amar Akra, because the Pasuk says, Ukrasem deror ba'aret. You should be calling out that it's free for the land. The Kasavar, Mikra Nidrash Lefanov, below Lifne Fanov. In order to understand this properly, we have to look in the Psukim. And if you have the Psukim in your Gemara, you'll see on the side here uh, that it uh, in, there's three Psukim quoted in the, in the, I have, I don't know if it's in all of your Gemaras, but uh, in the one that I have, all three Psukim are quoted in Os Katan Aleph of the Torah or Hashalim. Look at the middle Pasuk that we're trying to darshan. It says, uh, what were we trying to say? That the Avadim have to be sent. Why does he say that? Because when we make drushas, we only are darshaning the fun of, that which is immediately before it, but not that which is lifne lefanav, the thing that was two, two steps beforehand. So look at the words in the Pasuk, Yovel he, what's the immediate previous comment? Ukrasem deror. What's the previous, previous comment? Shofar in the previous Pasuk. So let's go back in our Gemara. Says the Gemara, because mikra nidrash lefanav, when we say Yovel he, we're only allowed to look back one section in the Pasuk, which speaks about ukrasem deror. So therefore, if Yehuda says, I have a beautiful argument, I'm telling you the rule. The rule is that when we make drushes, we can't go back more than one part of the Pasuk, Lefanov. However, we don't go back Lifne Lefanov all the way to the previous Pasuk, which indicates Shofar. So therefore, Yehuda holds that the only reason, uh, that the reason I should say why it is that one of the um, requirements to trigger Yovel is Shlichus of the Avadim is because the Pasuk says, Ukrasem Dror immediately before, before the words Yovelhi. Good. Just about halfway down. Says the Gemara, Dekulei Alma, however, everyone seems to understand Diror Lashon Cheros, that the word Diror, we had this uh, in Maseches Beitz about the bird, right? We said there was a, a particular kind of bird that always escaped. It was always free. So says the Gemara, how do we know that Diror is a reference of Cheros, that it's a, a reference to the Avadim becoming free? My Mashma, how do we know this? Says the Gemara, Detanya, and it doesn't get more explicit than this. The reason we know that is because the Brisa says quite black on white that whenever we see the word Daror, it always means Cheros. Rabbi Yehuda says, why, what does it mean Daror? How, how do we understand that? So it says the Gemara, it's someone who's free to move about the country. He can go in his apartment and his place of dwelling. And at the same time, he could pack stuff in the back of his car 
and go. Uh, my grandmother, my father's mother, was a fuller brush lady. She would go all, so she was free to go about wherever she wanted. So she had her stuff and she'd bring a cart, knock on the door. Would you like to buy a brush? Would you like to buy a cleaning? So that's someone who's duror. That's someone who's free. Mashain came, someone who's got the ankle bracelet on or they can't leave because of whatever's going on. That person's not free. And there are halachic nafkaminas, as we will soon see. So Amar Bar Abba, Amar Yeah, we saw two shitas. We saw one sheet at the top of the page that was a sheet of Rabbi Yehuda that in order for Yovel to start the Avadim have to be sent home. We saw a second sheet at the top of the page of Rabbi Yossi that in order for Yovel to start, we need to hear Shofar. Abel Chachamim Omrim, two thirds of the way down, there is still a third sheeta. Shlashtan Me'akavos Bo. All three, all three factors have to apply in order for Yovel to start. What are the three factors? You need uh, shomto, you need to leave your field. You need taku, you need the shofar, and you need shalchu. All three of them say the chachamim. Arguing against Rabbi Yehuda, who only focuses on shlichus avadim, and against Rabbi Yossi, who only focuses on shofar, the chachamim say all three. But wait a second, how does that work that he can do that? What about the drasha? So it says the Gemara, kosavre, they, in plural, kosavre, the chachamim hold, mikra, when we're looking at a pasuk, that the way we are allowed to darshan, and this is the exegetical piece, how do we look at, a, this is the hardest part of drushas, how do we look at a pasuk, through what lens do we look at a pasuk and say, I know how to extract from the pasuk. So the chachamim hold, uh, this is how it works, nidrash lefana, not only are we allowed to learn that which immediately follows the words yovelhi, which is deror, referencing shlichus, and not only lifne fanov, not only the pasuk before, which is shofar, but also ule acharav, even the one afterwards, which is sending the, uh, which is sending the avad, not sending the avadim out. What's the third one? Shamto, he has to leave the land. So all three of them say the chachamim are included. Ibaksiv yovel. Wait one second. There are other words here that we have to darshan. And how do we understand the word yovel? We were talking about the word he so far. So it says the gemara, the word yovel hahu deafilu b'chutzal aretz. Wow. It's a little scary. There's Yovel and Chutzlaris. By and large, we have no idea when Yovel is. We know that it's one of any possible of seven years, either year seven and every seven thereafter until year 49. We don't know. We don't keep. Uh, it's an interesting thing that we don't keep it. It should be a suffix Doraisa. Why don't we keep Yovel in the 50th year? It's a great Shiloh and Lumbus. What? I'm just saying in Lumbus and saying a theoretical question, maybe, I don't know, whatever the halach was. What? Yeah, we're close to that anyways. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. And you're not talking about anything stam. You're talking about a Pasuk and Chumash that you're violating. It's not so simple. I had a very difficult conversation with someone uh, last night, the father of the baby for one of the bristas today. He said to me, uh, what makes a kosher moel? What makes a kosher moel is that you're a from Jew. And if you are a mumar, if of any halacha, if you say, uh, I, I'm orthodox, but I wear shatnas. No, you're a mumar, the dover echad, you're a puzzle for shechita, you're a puzzle for brisim. The brisim is not kosher. It could have been done by a robot. That's oh, a terrible idea. But it could have been, in theory, been done by a robot. It would not be kosher. So what do you do? So how, how do you explain that to someone who is not a fremayid? So somebody gave me a svara kozebes. I don't believe it's the real thing, but it's something that does sound correct. And I give this as an example. Well, I'll just give you as an, as an example, my, my dear secular friend, is that, as you may know, the Sabbath is a covenant and circumcision is also a covenant. So he who is going to do the covenant of circumcision must also be observant in the covenant of Shabbos. It's a svara kozebes. You're a mumar for any mitzvah in the Torah. 
but it's a lot easier on the ears when you're, when you're trying to explain yourself. It's very uncomfortable. And sometimes Rabbi First has given me these psakim before that if you're choshesh, that they're going to use a fry mole, push off the bris until you're available. I'm out of town, whatever. Right? I'm going out of town on Monday. So if I get a call now from a secular Jew and the other option is Cantor, Rebetzin, whoever, that's a problem. So then it's time to, time to I'll, I'll be available tomorrow. I isn't the eighth day ideal. It's the ideal day, but uh, I've never seen those people do circumcisions before, which is always true because I've never, except for Rabbi Turkeltaub, I basically have never seen anybody else do brisses. So I'll say, I, I'm not saying I don't trust them. I'm just saying I've it's very murky, very complicated. Anyways, I don't even know how we got to this. Oh, <laughs> let's go. Says the Gemara as follows. We said, oh, I feel the chutzlars. Okay, fine, got it. I feel the chutzlars. Says the Gemara, what, what about the Pasuk Ba'aretz? Chutzlars, it says in the land, Vaksiv Ba'aretz. Hahu, says the Gemara, very interesting. Bizman shenohig deror ba'aretz. When in Eretz Yisrael, people are deror, like we defined, free to move about the country. Noeg b'chutzal aretz. Then we have a din that extends outside of the... Uh, of the four walls of Eretz Yisrael, that's a very interesting halacha. How does that work? Only if they're free. This doesn't say the majority. If we had the paskin from this Gemara alone, we'd say, okay, in Eretz Yisrael, the world is a free world. And seemingly that, you know, they're free to move about the country. There are some places they may not want to go, but they're certainly allowed to go. So how do we look at that from a halachic lens? Okay, we don't know when the Yovel is, but why don't we say that we have to keep Yovel anyways alt Suffolk, even in Chutzlars from this Gemara? Again, uh, we have to figure out from the Rishonim. Like we don't say rove in this case. It's not a question of rove. It's a pure suffix. We just don't know which of the seven years it is because for unfortunate reasons, since the times of the, we just haven't kept track. So we don't know. Real Shilas and Halacha. Not Lamaisa, but in Lamdus, just talking and learning. Why don't we keep the Yovel year? Even in America, it seems difficult to understand. Says the Gemara, one more little sugi and then we'll stop. Ulinatia. What about planting saplings? We're talking about the Isra of Orla. The Isra of Orla... <coughs> The Isra of Orla is that one is not allowed to benefit from the fruits of a tree for the first three years. But remember, we're talking about our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is all about the Rosh Hashanahs. So what does our Mishnah say about Natiya? So if you look back on the first, uh, on the first page of the Masech, it says that Be'echad B'Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, L'Shanem, U'L'Shmitun, U'L'Yovlos, L'Natiya, that Aleph Tishrei, Aleph Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah, for Orla. So if you really want to hedge your bets and want to get your, get your fruits in the smart way, plant in Elul. Because that will be year one, and a month later it will be year two already. That's the best way to play the game, right? You're trying to you're trying to play the system, and you don't want to have to harvest for an extra year. You don't have to work the ground for an extra year. Great, no problem. The Rosh Hashanah is Tishrei. How do we know? Says the Gemara Minolan. How do we know that the counting works that way? Dechsiv Shalosh Shanim Arelim. No, that can't be right. What did the pasuk say? Shalosh Shanim Yelachem Arelim. It doesn't actually have all the words here. Uksiv, and as well, it says, Uvashana Hariviis, and in the fourth year it's allowed. The Yaliv Shana Shana Mitishrei. It says the word Shana in the Pasuk. And how do we know that the Shana is based on Tishrei? So it says the Gemara as follows. We have a Gzera Shava from another Pasuk. We saw this a couple of blot ago, that that's our paradigm, a Pasuk that, that's representative of Tishrei. We said that according to one of the approaches in the Gemara, that the Aleph Tishrei is Ladinin, is to teach us that we're obligated, obligated, the Metzius of Rosh Hashanah, is that we are done, we are judged on that day. 
I says the Gemara, if all you're looking for is the word Shana, the Ligmar Shana Shana Minisan. Why don't we look at another Pasuk that says that uh, the word Shana speaks about Nisan, as the Pasuk writes, Rishon Hulachem Ashana. You can't just pick any Pasuk you want. Who says that the Tishrei Pasuk is right? Maybe the Nisan Pasuk is right. Says the Gemara, we can't do that. The Gzeira Shava has to be comparable in regards to the general phrasing of the Pasuk. Done, and where will we make the Gzeira Shava? In which way are the two psukim most comparable? Says the Gemara, done in Shana She'eni Machadashim, Mishana She'eni Machadashim. Both of the psukim that we compare, the Tishrei Pasuk and our Pasuk by Orla, both of those psukim reference Chodashim, they reference Chodesh, but not Shana. The Ein Danin, but we don't want to make the comparison to the Pasuk about Nisan, not because we don't like the month of Nisan, but because the comparability of the Pasuk of Nisan to Orla is not good. Why not? Because it's a shana she'eni machadashim, shana she'yeshi machadashim. Because the pasuk by Orla speaks about chadashim and not about shana, but the pasuk by Nisan has both words shana and chadashim, and that's not a good reason. That's not a good enough comparison. Now it's not always true. Zerushavas are not always so easily distinguishable. But when we have multiple options. We have our Pasuk by Orla references Chodesh without Shana. So we're going to look for a Pasuk that's most similar, which is Chodesh without Shana. What Pasuk is that? That's the Pasuk of Tishrei and not the Pasuk of Nisan. And therefore, to validate our Mishnah, the Marimakam for our Mishnah, that Aleph Tishrei is the line in the sand to generate a new year for Orla. That is Aleph Tishrei based on Xero Shava. We'll stop right here. We'll pick up tomorrow night in Yerzashem at the bottom of Daf Testament Vase. Wishing you all a beautiful night. It's